are now listening to PursuitCast, the official podcast of Pursuit NYC. May it be an encouragement to you today and stir your soul for revival. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of PursuitCast. Uh, it's been a while since we had uh, a special guest on here, and that's exactly what we have for you today. Uh, it's my pleasure and honor to introduce Jessica Chow. Hey, Jessica, how are you? Hi, Sam. I'm doing so well. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to uh, hop on FaceTime and record this <laughs> podcast. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so honored. Yes, yeah, same here. Um, if you could just share with the listeners just who you are and what you do. Sure. Um, I live in Los Angeles. My name is Jessica Chow, and I am a social media influencer slash actress slash um, social media manager slash advocate for Jesus um, and YouTuber. <laughs> yeah, I basically just um, want to be an advocate for the Lord in so many different avenues. And he's allowed me to do that with uh, YouTube, with Instagram, with acting, um, mostly uh, for with acting, just commercials and television. Um, but that's what I'm doing in Los Angeles. That's great. That's awesome. Uh, how did you get into the entertainment world and, and become an actress? Yeah, I always loved entertainment. I interned in college at ABC Family, at Fox News. I thought I wanted to be a journalist. Um, I went to Barcelona. I did fashion marketing. Just kind of every avenue I could explore that had to do with entertainment. Um, So when I graduated from college, I moved down to Los Angeles and I got into um, a temp agency and they find jobs in entertainment. And Creative Artist Agency, which is the leading talent agency in the world, um, was the first place I landed. And because of my resume, they had me uh, directly hired as opposed to a temp. And that was supposed to be, you know, that's Harvard on a resume in entertainment. Mm -hmm. You can't go higher than CAA. Um, And I didn't know the Lord at the time. So to say the least, it didn't fulfill me. It didn't make my dreams come true. You know, um, seeing celebrities and the Oscars and the Grammys and all that is fun. But, um, you know, at the end of it, I just felt empty and I didn't, um, feel, you know, obviously what we have with the Lord, that eternal lasting joy. Mm -hmm. So, um, I got into a lot of trouble. Um, yeah, I fell into drugs. Um, I have, you know, been, I didn't grow up in the church. So, um, I had been having sex since I was 15 and, um, I ended up getting pregnant and then having an abortion. Um, I was in really unhealthy relationships and all of my friends have always been atheists or agnostic. You know, religion isn't something that is brought up ever. <laughs> um, how I grew up in the industry I work in and my friends. So um, that's what was kind of going on when I was working in entertainment. Um, and I started finding an avenue f- for fun and I fell into acting classes. And my friend from class invited me to a focus group for fun where you eat French fries and mm-hmm. they pay you $50. <laughs> I thought, oh, yeah. how fun. <laughs> so I went and it ended up being an undercover 
casting for a Wendy's commercial. So I booked that and that's how I got SAG. Yeah, um, totally the Lord's anointing. But for me, I was like, oh, what a fluke accident. So that's how acting kind of started. How did you then come to faith? I know you shared a little bit just of, of, of the personal struggles and, and things that mm-hmm. you've gone through during that time. But how did you eventually come to faith and to know Jesus Christ? Yeah, a lot. You know, um, my dad's side has always been Christian, but I wasn't raised with my dad's side because my parents divorced as a child. So my mother's side was Buddhist and um atheist. I'm I'm Chinese American. So my dad's side would always pray for my brother and me and my brother and constantly wanting to talk about Jesus. And we would always judge them and talk about them behind their backs and be like, they're weird. They're crazy. You know, stop giving us your books. We're not reading them. And we would mock them as kids, you know? Um, but I, when I was raving a lot, Raves are musical concerts, and there's thousands of people. And most of the majority, um, everybody, everybody at raves is usually on drugs, um, whether it's ecstasy or cocaine or Molly or acid or whatever it is. People are there uh, to release, to worship lights, to um, find an avenue of an escape in their life. And um, I'm saying most people. Not all, but um, that's what I was there for, at least. And my friends and I would rave a lot. And um, my tolerance for drugs had built pretty high. Um, So one night, I was with my friends, and I was smoking my cigarette and walking just through this rave. Um, It's called EDC, uh, Electric Daisy Carnival, in uh, Las Vegas. And um, I had just taken a couple of pills and... um, Right when, you know, about an hour in is usually when you peak on the drug. And for some reason, I felt this gentle spirit of kindness and love and safety uh, cover over me. And it brought my spirit to sobriety. And I know the difference between sobriety and rolling. (laughs) Um, And I was clearly not, I was completely sober and it shocked me because I had just taken these pills um, and all my other friends were rolling. And um, I stopped walking and I felt it was the Holy Spirit telling me, uh, Jessica, you know, I, I love you so much. And I know that you're so sad and that you feel alone I know you miss your mom. Um, my mom passed away when I was 20 years old, my third year in college. So this is about four years later. And I, yeah, I was running away from the pain of that because my mom was my best friend, my my idol, my life, um, um, just everything I did for her. And I, I had never properly mourned and lamented my loss of her. Instead, I channeled that to pain and anger and rebellion. Um, and he was telling me, I know you miss your mom, but I, I want you to know that I'm here. And this phase you're in is eventually going to end because I have a great, greater purpose for your life. I know that's so, you know, cliche, greater purpose, but it really was true. He was telling me, I have something so much bigger than what you're doing right now. And I wouldn't say it lifted off, but it just kind of fizzled to where I was still sober. I was looking at everybody, all my friends. I all of a sudden realized what I was wearing 
which is completely provocative. And the smell of my cigarette was appalling. And I almost threw up like smelling it. It was so gross. And I, I threw it out and my friends looked at me and said, are you okay? Do you need water? And I said, yeah, but, and I looked at them, I looked at everybody around me and I said, doesn't it kind of feel like we're here with a bunch of lost souls? And my friends got so offended. What? No, you know, I'm not lost. And what are you talking about? And I said, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It's so rude. I'm sorry. I didn't mean that. Um, and they're like, okay, whatever, Jess, you know, drink water. You're tripping out. And I was like, okay, my bad. You know, sorry. So we kept walking into the crowd and I just realized something's happening with me that they're not feeling. They don't feel any disgust. And I just got disgusted by the whole surrounding. So that was the first night I met the Holy Spirit. And then, um, what really kicked it in, I guess, was my brother moved down to Los Angeles and my brother's always been the most callous hearted, um, high tempered, very difficult to talk with man. Um, he definitely took the loss of my mom in complete just anger and, um, suicidal. And, um, I just didn't have a relationship with him, but he started going to church randomly with a family friend. And I was like, why are you doing that? And he's like, I don't know. I, I, it makes me feel good. And I was like, that's weird. Um, but he kept going. And I think maybe every couple weeks I would see him, uh, and I just saw this complete transformation as a man where he would listen to me. He, we had good conversations. We were laughing again. He was laughing. I was like, I haven't heard my brother laugh in at least like, you know, three, four years. He's, he's just not a happy person and there's no joy and um, so suppressed and oppressed by his pain. Um, and I saw him get baptized, and when I saw him go in that water and come back up, I just started weeping. Wow. And was like, what is that? Like, I don't even know what he just stepped into, but I can feel that he's a new, excuse me, he's a new person. Um, so I started going to church with him. Yeah, it just seems like during that season of your life that, you know, God is moving. I feel like he's answering prayers of family members and stuff like that exactly. on your behalf. It's incredible. Exactly. Yes, yes. So I started going to community group with my brother, and I got to know God's love through the community. Um, I would I would just be very open and vulnerable and bold. I've always been bold. And I just tell them, you know, my mother passed. I've had an abortion. I'm, having, I'm sleeping with my boyfriend. I live with him. And I've never been judged or ever looked differently. It was always this receiving of, you know, thank you for sharing that, Jessica. How are you feeling? And I'm like, fine. And they're like, okay, you know, um, is there anything that you want to pray for? I'm like, no. They're like, okay, well, do you mind if we pray for you? I was like, yeah, sure. Um, So they would pray and I would, I was fascinated by the way they would talk to God as if he's close by and very intimately known and as if he's like right next to us. Mm. And I started secretly recording their prayers because I just (laughs) didn't know how to pray. So, and I thought it was so beautiful the way they talked to God. So I pulled out my, you know, voice memo on my phone and started recording the prayers and would listen to them at home. And I would, 
I'm really good at memorizing things, right, actress? So I would memorize the prayers and then I would just say it back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Each time um, I would do that, um, it would just kind of be that same Holy Spirit of, hi, I'm so happy you're talking to me. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hello, it's me again. You know, I don't really know who you are or what you do, but um, I really like these people that, that say they know you. Um, and my first time at Reality LA, that my home church is worship, I met the Spirit in a very alive uh, presence. Or mm. yeah, um, he like came down over me, and I just I was bawling like that uncontrollable ugly cry of <laughs> of him. Like I felt him tugging at me, you know, come, come to me, come. And I I just started in my head, I was yelling at him, like, I hate you. I hate you so much. I'm so mad at you. You know, you took my mom away. You took this away. I'm in this relationship. My life is so messed up because of you. And, um, I don't trust you. I don't know you. And, um, and he just said, that's okay. Um, I'm here. Every time you're here, I'm here. I'm with you. I love you so much. And I know you don't understand right now, but you will, you will. And I was just crying and crying of like, I hate you so much. I hate you. I hate you. He's like, I love you. I love you. I love Mm. you. Um, And every time I would go to Reality LA, I just kept thinking, well, it won't happen again. That's not going to happen again. And it happened every time for about a year, a year and a half. And then I got baptized. Amen. (laughs) Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. And then after I got baptized, though, it took, I want to be honest, like a year and a half for me to, um, for my spirit to, to change my desires for, um, I mean, for the Lord to do his work on my heart, to Mm. not want things of the flesh. Um, you know, I've been doing what I've been doing for so many years. It's never just a quick, you know, rarely is it a cold turkey the next day where you just stop your whole lifestyle. Yeah. I fell back in for about a year before, um, I, was sober and quit, you know, sex outside marriage and drugs and everything. Um, it took some time and it took patience, uh, Mm. with community and obviously with the Lord. So, yeah. Yeah, that's great. I mean, I feel like what just really stands out even in, in your story of coming to faith is just the gentleness and the kindness of the Lord, as well as just the power of community that surrounded you. Absolutely. Yeah. And I find it such an important ministry now um, to reflect that love that that God gives us and the patience and compassion He shows us to everybody, not just the body of Christ. You know, just like Christ, everybody. Yeah, and and like you said, uh, I just want to thank you as well for for just being bold and, and honest and just sharing, um, just honestly of, of your journey. Uh, mm-hmm. what, what would you say? Uh, your your you coming to faith like how did that impact uh, let's start with just even your identity mm-hmm. well it it destroyed my identity right it took away everything uh, for for the glory of the Lord to restore me um, and uh, bring me to life you know because um, I was dead inside. And I was trying to find life in sex and drugs and work and business and money. And I 
got to a point where honestly I had the American quote unquote American dream, you know, um, I had a house, I had a car, I had a great job. I had a great boyfriend, quote, great boyfriend, you know, um, I had everything and I just got to a point where I'm like, this is it. That's, that's all the world says is, um, you're supposed to attain and it, your life's going to be amazing and traveling and discovering things. I'm like, it's so empty. There's nothing here. <laughs> um, so when I came to Christ, uh, I, I just began surrendering everything to him and telling him, however you want to use things in my life, take away, restore, um, it's yours. I don't want it. I just want to know more of you. And when I got saved, I said, I will commit to you until you let me down. Mm. Um, just like every, everything else. I was like, sure, I'll commit to this, but I'm sure it'll be a phase and it'll end soon kind of thing. And the more and more I, I, I searched for him and I, I um, had people teaching me how to read scripture, um, not just reading the stories, but really understanding who, who God is and why he would write such stories and why he would put certain things in consistency with other parts of scripture. And it just started to come alive and I, and I devoured the Bible. I, mm. I could not get enough of um, who God was in the Bible through Paul, through all the people that he anointed to share his gospel through Christ. Um, I didn't, I wasn't reading it as a textbook um, because I came to the Lord through faith. So I already knew the Lord personally. Mm -hmm. So in reading his word, um, you read it right with such a different posture. It's not, okay, show me your, show me how amazing you are through this story. It's, I'm so ready to learn more about you. Mm. Like, please um, show me who you are through this story. And I know I'm going to find you because you wrote this Bible. It was breathed out by you. So, um, you know, getting into his word, it showed me who I truly am before God and how he looks at me. And that no human being will ever look at me the way that God does. And I wanted to see myself the way that God does. In spite of my sin, in spite of when I stumble, he calls me holy. He calls me beloved. Amen. He says, you are mine. Um, and I love you. And get back up. It's fine. And I would be like, I'm so wretched. Why do you want this? It's terrible. I can't get, you know, I, I, I thought I fixed that sin last year, you know. And um, he's like, no, but you're 5% better and you're, mm -hmm. you know, you're growing and, and just finish the race in faith. It doesn't matter how fast you move, how slow you move, just finish the race. Mm -hmm. uh, That's amazing. And I think, yeah. like you said, your prayer was that you wanted to commit yourself to him and and that's his heart for us too, you know, like even before we ever commit, he's, he's already committed to us. And, and Absolutely. we just see that in play in your life and, and my life and so many other people's lives. So amen. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, even recently, just on Sunday, this past Sunday, um, as someone who's been walking with Christ for a couple of years now, sometimes we get scared to ask questions of doubt or, we feel like it's a dumb question or that um, we're all of a sudden not saved if we have doubt. And I just, we got to be honest with ourselves when we have those moments and we have to ask the questions. And mm -hmm. I actually asked my pastor, you know, why? Why did God do any of this? Why did we have to 
have the fall on earth? Why can we have the fall in heaven and he redeem us in heaven? And he says, you know, Jessica, this is very healthy that you're asking this because I guarantee you're not the only person that falls into these places of doubt. Um, you know, sometimes I fall into it, but the Lord will redeem it and he'll bring me back up in faith. Amen. But in that moment, I was just being honest. I'm like, I am not seeing it and I need to ask you why. And of course, my pastor, he's like, there's no quick answer, but I can direct you to Ephesians 1 and we read through it about God's purpose, um, predestination, you know, everything mm-hmm. that he... Um, his purpose for all to restore and unite with heaven and earth. And at the end of the conversation though, my pastor was like, this isn't just theology. Is it Jessica? He's like, what's happening with your head and your heart? And I just started bawling. (laughs) I was like, I'm just tired and I'm exhausted and my ministry. And um, I'm not setting healthy boundaries between faith and work. And um, you know, the enemy used that when I was tired Mm-hmm. He's like per- perfect. She's not on guard, and he just shot in all these questions and doubts, and you know, um, so unoriginal. But I fell into it, um, and I just I want to encourage everybody in those moments: don't be ashamed. It doesn't mean that God's far from you. We're never far from him. From him in Christ, he's right. right next to us. He's in us, um, and he's pouring on us. So that was a very humbling time where I got to just simply be honest of, I love Jesus, but I'm not seeing it right now. Mm. And yeah, for sure. Yeah. For, for anyone listening, um, just let this be an encouragement to you, uh, where all of us have doubts. And, and and I really believe that the opposite of faith isn't doubt, you know, Mm. um, the opposite of faith is unbelief, but I think Mm. doubt is oftentimes the stepping stone to a greater level of faith. Um, Mm. Because even if you look at Thomas, for example, you know, uh, infamously known as Doubting Thomas, but his doubt is what led him to an encounter with Jesus. Um, Mm. It didn't lead him away. It brought him to to the Lord. Um, So Mm -hmm. if you have doubts, you know, don't let that uh, drive you away, but uh, let that fuel you closer to Mm. the Lord uh, because it isn't the opposite of faith at all. Right. Right. Yeah. And even recently, you know, just knowing that the opposite of pride isn't humility, it's worship. Because mm. wow. um, pride, right? Pride, sometimes you can cover, it can kind of blanket over what the real issue is when you just say, oh, it's my pride. Mm-hmm. Usually there's fear and insecurity and lies that are all dwindled into why we have pride. And worship is a place of surrender where, you know, humility is still like, oh, I got to be humble. I got to work to get humble. Mm. I got to, I need to, I need to, right? It's still about you. And worship is completely just surrendering everything. Wow, that's good. Right? Throwing it all up. And that's that's the opposite of pride, not not so much humility. Um, There's this idea of I got to prove to everybody that I'm humble too Mm -hmm. or or whatever it is. And that's still prideful. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I really like that a lot. Because mm-hmm. I think, like you're saying, when you worship God, you you magnify Him, and when you make Him bigger, you know, you you naturally you become decrease. smaller. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's good. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Um, yeah. As you're sharing just your journey into faith, um, how would you say that changed? You know, your identity changing, you coming to know the Lord, uh, you being honest with your struggles and being faithful in the process. Um, mm-hmm. How did that uh, impact? 
even your friendships with that you've had with you know the people that you were you know raving with and even your approach to acting like how did that change yeah. you in, in in how you approach those things mm-hmm. yeah I think when you come to Christ you let go of the world um, I think experiencing death my my mother my grandpa my great aunt my cousin they all passed at, within two years I know that sounds tragic it is but when you experience mortality, you're able to remove yourself from the world. And I think it's actually very healthy um, because you can, you don't take things in life so seriously. Um, Things that really matter to others who've never experienced loss or pain, it doesn't affect you in that, in that way at all. Because Mm. you're like, when you pass, you don't get to take that with you. you Yeah. Um, So, it just completely turned everything to everything in my life. All the things that I'm doing is for the kingdom of God. It's Amen. not for me. It's not for me to attain. It's not for me to pursue for my glory. I'm not building my kingdom. I am a part of um, the kingdom of God. And, Amen. Um, I want to be a part of his kingdom and not my own because... <laughs> um, I don't have one and there's no way I can really build one because, Mm -hmm. you know, it ends, um, eventually. And, um, that identity changes everything. I'm not getting validation in work anymore. I'm not getting, seeking validation from friendships or uh, men or relationships or, um, even the church, you know, um, Christ is my validation and even Instagram, you know, recently someone introduced me. Oh, this is Jessica. She has 26,000 followers. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, that has nothing to do with who I am. You mm-hmm. know, that's just a number. And Instagram could glitch tomorrow, glitch tomorrow and the whole thing would shut down. And that changes nothing, you know. Yep. Um, so it kind of, I was kind of hurt by that. I was like, oh, no, that isn't, I don't have, I have zero followers. I have one. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> I'm the follower. <laughs> I'm the follower. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that that changed everything. Um, I'm sorry, I kind of lost your question. <laughs> oh no, I was saying, um, you know, how does your identity in Christ then, and the transformation you've gone through, how that impacts, you know, your the friendships that you know, the friends that you had when you went raving, and even as mm-hmm. your in your approach to acting and and things right. like that. How does that, you know, change your outlook and your approach to those things? Yeah. Uh, Sam, you have such a gentle spirit. I just want to call that out real quick. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So with all my friends, um, the end goal of what they're pursuing, I didn't want anymore, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't want to go get drunk. I didn't want to go get high. I didn't want to do it. And it first started with my spirit not wanting to do it, but my flesh couldn't stop which is why I said it took a year and a half. I had to actively pray, God, you have to make me stop Mm -hmm. because I don't know how to put it down. I don't know how to say no. If it's in front of me, I'm probably going to do it. I need you to make me stop. And I kept begging and begging because every morning I would wake up after a night of drugs and I would just be like, oh, this is so gross. And um, so the last night, that I went out with my friends. It was about nine o'clock at night and I did some cocaine and within 10 minutes I threw it up. Mm. And then I went, I came back, I tried to do it again. I thought, Oh, that's weird. And I did it again. And then 
20 minutes later, I threw it up again. And I'm in the bathroom and I'm sitting on the floor and I felt Lord being, the Lord being like, I'm not going to let you do this. This is my body. Okay. I'm, I was baptized at that point. He's like, you, you baptize into my kingdom. This is my body. And you are not to do with what you will with it anymore because it belongs to me. Wow. So he's like, you can go back out and try it again, but I'm going to make you throw it back up. So if you want to throw up again, I'm, I hate throwing up. So I'm like, no, I don't want to do this anymore. So I came out of the bathroom and I looked at my friends. I was like, well, I guess I'm going home because what else am I going to do here? Mm-hmm. And they're like, what? You know, it's 930. I was like, yeah, you know, I, I'm down to go to sleep early. Actually, I have to work tomorrow. So they're like, okay. So I left. And after that, I, I, I stopped doing drugs. So I had really nothing in common anymore with my friends, at least on the weekends, we would have conversations here and there. Mm-hmm. But the more I got plugged into my community, the more I had women who loved the Lord surround and uplift and pray for me. I was, in a way, addicted to Jesus at that mm-hmm. point. I, I was so obsessed with knowing the Lord more and experiencing Him more in prayer. And um, I'm not, I don't want to say it was a, a euphoric feeling all the time. But even in the valleys, I was like, oh, he's doing something. He's doing something in my pain. Amen. You know, um, it would be hurt. I, I would be in pain, but I would know that it's coming. You know, I'm going to get delivered soon. And I, I know it's coming. And it always would. Um, so I, I, I'm still friends with a few of my atheist friends. But, you know, to be honest, we ha- it, it, there is a huge distance. And the Lord did call them out of my life. Mm-hmm. Um but I do love them, and I still pray for them, and I do see them, Amen. but not nearly as often, and I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, thank yeah you with for acting, sharing that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, and with acting, again, acting didn't define me. So a couple acting classes that I was in, I realized how detrimental it was to me and my spirit and what it was doing to the other human beings in the room. Um, people would just be bawling and crying in these classes, mm-hmm. feeling not good enough because the teachers would tell you that you're not good enough and you're never going to make it on the show. And wow. when you identify with acting, it's literally like a cheap imitation of community group because you meet twice a week with your community, quote unquote, mm-hmm. your group of actors. You 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 have a common uh, love for acting and this craft, and then you have a leader quote teacher come and teach this and it's like community group but your goal is acting so (laughs) it's no wonder it's so depressing in there because everyone just sucks at everything and then you're getting yelled at constantly and then you don't feel like you're good enough and then you suck again and it's just the cycle where I'm like this is so unhealthy um and one day I actually shared my faith in Christ and everyone there everyone there was Jewish right entertainment Mm -hmm. everyone Jewish and I got kind of um shanked for it and mm-hmm. it was fine it was just kind of like okay thanks for sharing next um and I realized it was very unhealthy so I pulled out of acting class and and um I just saw acting as a craft to pursue as opposed to an end-all be-all yeah you know yeah yeah I mean I feel like um you know before your encounter with the Lord or, or for anyone in whatever profession, you know, they, they try to make that the foundation and exactly. it, it can't be, but 
if you have God as your foundation, then you know acting can be something you build upon the foundation rather than trying to build on acting as your foundation. Exactly. If you're going to have a foundation, it should be uplifting. Mm-hmm. You know, it shouldn't be um, something that takes you away from joy. For so, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and um, I think you 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 shared even on this podcast just your own journey and you being at the top and you you knowing how it can empty you. Um, uh, we at Pursue, we we really have a heart to see. Uh, revival take place in in all spheres of life and in all in all arenas. Um, definitely entertainment being one of it. Uh, what what do you think uh, revival in the entertainment industry would look like? And and where can people who are outside of this industry, you know, how can they be praying for for that to take place? I think a revival would be just proclaiming the gospel. Um, onset, offset at award shows, you know, producers and actors and directors, everybody who loves the Lord and mm-hmm. making films that proclaim his truth. And I have never, that would be incredible. But yeah, um, an industry that, that shows who we are in Christ on screen and, and a place of respecting each other and um, loving one another truly and giving a real, a real uh, portrayal of what relationships and marriage and the hardships of that really is instead of these fantasy lands of, of in- immediate lust and pleasure and um, just how that's all not true. And I don't know anyone's relationship that looks like that. And yeah. that's truly that way. So honestly, we really great to just have movies and films that um, show the realness of what life really is and what it is to be human and that that life doesn't just end when the movie's over. You know, it keeps going. And yeah. Yeah, no, I, I think that's great. I think, um, like you're saying, the I think I think people, you know, go to movies, for example, because they want to, get lost in a story and, and I feel like mm-hmm. um you know I think oftentimes when when you add Christian to something it, it's kind of like considered second rate or cheesy or corny or something you know like a Christian mm-hmm. movie or whatever but I feel like what you're saying is true where if we're able to uh, tell the honest story and, and be able to connect with real people and their real pain I think um we could really bring healing in that way yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you so much for just your time and just sharing just so honestly and openly about your journey and everything like that. Um, how can people find out more about you and, and connect with you and and, mm-hmm. and and know what you're up to? Yeah. I have a YouTube channel of God and the entertainment industry. Um, it's called 3130 Beloved which is based off Proverbs 3130. And then my Instagram is underscore Jessica Chow, C-H-O-W. Those are my two biggest platforms. I have a blog as well, but I rarely blog because Instagram's kind of become my blog. Mm -hmm. But if you want, that's um, 31-30.life. And for those listening, we'll have all the links provided so uh, that people can connect with you. 
Uh, real quickly, can you just share what you share on your uh, 3130 platform on YouTube and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. We started to talk about huge topics like um, dating, sex, and marriage um, for Jesus, the way that God designed intimacy. We've talked about pornography. We've talked about um, abortion. Um, but there's a lot of actors and singers and dancers and models all here in Los Angeles that love the Lord. And I'm friends with a lot of them. So um, we posted um, just videos of them sharing how they're an advocate for the Lord in their profession. That's amazing. So, yeah, like I have a friend. His name is Ben Chung. He danced for the Jabberwockies. Mm-hmm. He's a part of a, the dance crew called the Kinjas now, and they were just on World of Dance, um, Jennifer Lopez's show, and um, he's awesome, and he shared um, how the Lord uses him daily um, in dance. And then my other friend, Victoria Park, who's a big actress, um, she shares you know, her experience being an actor and how the Lord is also using her. And yeah, we talk about beauty and identity for women that... True beauty is to be unveiled with our identity in Christ and not something to be applied. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, lots of different topics like that. Yeah, great. So um, if for those of you listening, we definitely recommend um, you, you check it out. She talks about topics that you don't really get to hear about from the, uh, from the pews at a church, but, you know, real honest things that people go through and, and, mm-hmm. um, you do a great job at it, so thank you so much. Oh, thank you. You're great at being an interview. <laughs> so good at it. Oh, wow, you're so gentle. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, so thank you, Jessica, once again. And for all of you listening, thank you for tuning in. Tuning in and uh, we'll catch you on the next episode. Yay. God bless you all. Thank you for listening to Pursuit Cast. For more information on the ministry of Pursuit NYC, please visit us on the web at www.pursuitnyc.org. Revival or bust.